Hey everybody, welcome to episode 5 of The Art of Mayo. I am joined with Parties. Hi everybody. And we are here to talk about some awesome stuff for you too. So thank you for tuning in again, that's awesome. Yeah. So how are you? I'm great. Um, I don't know what I'm about to say. I don't know. <laughs> and welcome to podcasting, where oh, we do not God. know. No, I just realized that there's like a camera in front of me and I'm like, oh, okay, great. Um, no, I'm doing great. Um, I have no complaints, honestly. I'm very uh, blessed, lucky, fortunate, whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> yeah, whatever uh, hashtag there is available yeah. at the yeah. moment, right? So what have you been working on as of recently? Um, so I've been working on stuff with Center Path. We're just trying to get our EP recorded. Um, that should be done by the end of the year. Um, and then I'm also a vocal performance major, so I sing a lot of classical music. Um, so I've been basically working on learning theory, um, practicing ear training and, uh, just singing a lot of classical music. Really. Um, I sing in English, I sing in German, I sing in, uh, Italian, um, I sing in Spanish, Latin, I sing in a lot of different languages. Wow. So So where did that kind of start with uh, your passion for singing? So um, I started singing around the age of, I want to say like five or six, Um, just for fun. You know, like we had like a stereo when I was growing up and I would always like put in like Disney Channel CDs or like, um, I don't know, just like I didn't actually start getting into rock music until I was about 10 years old. Um, but yeah, I was singing from then. I did my first performance when I was like eight years old at a school talent show. Um, and then from there I decided I wanted to do choir. So I started choir from a very young age around the age of nine, um, and started performing that way with groups of people and just stuck with it all the way throughout high school. And, um, I got back into it during college. I'm not in choir anymore, but, um, yeah, my my passion for music just kind of grew as I got older. Um, I actually took piano lessons, too, when I was very little. Um, but around the time my parents were getting divorced, I was like six years old and I was overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And um, at the age of like maybe 10 or 11, I just started picking it up by ear um, and started just like writing my own songs Um And um, now I have a better understanding because I'm going to school for music. So before I would just kind of play everything by ear. And um, sometimes I still do, but I've learned now that that's not the best way to learn things. Um, And it's cool because now I have a better understanding of music theory and I can apply that to playing piano and I can even apply that to singing too. Wow, that's really cool. How's your support system at home? Is it, uh, is your parents super supportive? Because that's like, you know, usually not the typical path that most parents are like, oh, yes, you be a music uh, person, you know, do singing, whatever. Well, what happened was when I was like 18, both of my parents were like, okay, you know, like you had your fun. Um, and they were both really supportive of it. You know, they both were always supportive of my singing, always came to my concerts and stuff like that. Um, but they were kind of just insinuating that I need to like, get like a real person job or a real person, you know, major in school. And so um, I actually started my college career as a psychology major. And um, I took seven classes my first year and I failed almost all of them. Um, And so, you know, I took a semester off school and um, 
My dad actually still doesn't know that I took a semester off school, but um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> if he sees this, sorry, father. Um, but, um, you know, I talked about it with my mom and I was like, hey, you know, like I'm really just not motivated. Like I really need to like figure out what's going on. Because at that point, you know, like before I started um, going to school for music, I hadn't performed for like two years. And um, I was just like singing in my car, singing for fun. And it was just like super depressing because, you know, I felt like I had just lost myself and I felt like um, I wasn't in touch with myself anymore. And I had to like sit down and have a conversation with myself and realize that, um, you know, this is the only thing I feel like I can do right. And this is the only thing that I'm really comfortable doing. And so I talked to my mom about it and I was look, I was like, look, and the thing with both of my parents, and I think it's because they're both Middle Eastern, they're like, you need to go to school, like you need to get a degree in something, whatever it is, like you just need to have some kind of certificate that like backs up you as a person so you can have a job later. Is and that usually something really important in that uh, specific to Middle Eastern or uh, just in their beliefs? Um Education is very important mm-hmm. as far as I know, you know, most, I, most, uh, brown parents, I would say, (laughs) would uh, really, really value um, having some kind of degree or education, um, whatever kind of degree or education it is. Um, But I talked to my mom about it, and I was like, you know, I just really feel like this is something I could do, and I really feel like this is something I could excel in. And she was super supportive about it. She was like, yeah, go for it. Like, if you want to go to school for this, I 100% support you. I talked to my dad about it. He was like, yeah, I 100% support you. And um, I'm very fortunate to have parents who support me in arts because a lot of people don't have that. And it really sucks because when I was growing up, I had this misconception that like, you know, as soon as I graduate high school, like I have to do something like realistic with my life, you know? And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And um, I just feel like you need to have something realistic, but realistic for you, realistic expectations for yourself. You know, if you don't wanna work an eight to five office job, you don't have to. Just work hard in what you want to work hard in. Yeah, and I think that's something super interesting in today's age where it's not necessarily a requirement to like, I think that's kind of like the old, uh, I don't know if it's called baby boomers or whatever generation they are or or our parents are. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's kind of like a, you know, a classic type of mindset where you just have to like grind. You have to get that job, not necessarily something that you want to do. And you have to do that, raise a family, have kids. That's kind of like the old classic like format. I think we're kind of in a different stage where people are realizing that you have opportunities to chase what you actually want to do. Exactly. You know, know, I was talking to my mom and like, you know, she was born and grew up in Iran and she was like, we never had any of the things that you guys had as far as like arts programs. Um, We never had like, you know, a choir or like things like, I don't know, like when I was in like seventh grade, I did like color guard and she was like, we would never have anything like this. And you guys have so much more opportunities in America um, and you should take them. And I think that's why a lot of Middle Eastern people value education so much. Or just people from, I don't know, other countries value yeah. education. I think it's so something much. natural that you know, father and mother want for your children. They always want better for you than they right. had. So that's it, why they know. came here. Oh, I think I think Poopoo has to go outside. Oh no, Poo-poo. Bubby. She goes, oh, <laughs> oh. Sorry about that, guys. 
guys. I have dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's something normal for parents. They want something better for their children. They want to make sure they have something that they didn't have. But sometimes those beliefs can be kind of pushed on you a little bit or just kind of like something you get pushed into something that's not something you want to be doing, you know? Right. There's definitely a lot of pressure, um, especially with, you know, again, my two very hardworking parents who came from different countries to here um, just to provide a better future, you know, for their future children. And even my mom at the time, you know, she had my oldest brother in Iran and she brought him here for better opportunities and brought herself here too for better opportunities because at the time there was a big revolution going on in Iran. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, around, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, around like 1979, 1980, um, the Shah was overthrown and Islamic Republic came and just, like, fucked everything up um, and put Khomeini, like, in his place, um, in, like, instead of the Shah in Iran. And the entire regime was different because, like, a lot of people just assume that Iranians are, like, Muslim. And, I mean, they were kind of, like, generic Muslims, like, the mm -hmm. way that, like, people here say that they're Christian, but they don't actually, like, go to church or, like, follow everything by the book, you know? And... That's how a lot of the people in Iran were, too. And there were a lot of, like, Iranian Christians, like, a lot of Iranian Zoroastrians. Um, and when that regime came, there was a bunch of war going on. Um, there were, you know, like, my mom would tell me, like, she wasn't allowed to go outside without, like, um, a hijab on, like, the scarf. Oh, okay. And um, there weren't, like, you couldn't wear, like, certain colors. You couldn't wear, like, bright colors. You'd have to wear, like, black or gray or white or something very plain. Um, my mom, actually, she, when she was living in Iran for about, like, a year, she cut her hair super short to look like a boy and wore a bunch of baggy clothes so she wouldn't have to wear a scarf. Wow. And just, like, just to make herself look like a boy. Um so again, that just like ties back into the whole like we have so many opportunities here. Like when it makes me so upset, like when and I, I don't know if I'm like overstepping my boundaries, but like it makes me so upset when like Americans here get frustrated or like get, you know, upset and say that we're oppressed. And I just like you haven't seen oppression. You don't know what oppression looks like. So, um, Yeah. That's all I have to say about that, I guess. I don't know how to end my statements. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, that, that's um, yeah perspective a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. so some people lack a little bit proper perspective on, you know, maybe their situation isn't as bad as they think it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It could always be worse. Always. That's, that's intense. Um, so, yeah, so you've dealt with uh, some of that as well as far as growing up. I mean, not. I don't know if you've dealt with oppression. Have you experienced anything with that or... Not necessarily. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself being oppressed. I mean, like, so I grew up Muslim and at around the age of like, I want to say like 12 or 13, I decided it wasn't for me. Um, and my mom actually was not Muslim. Um, again, the whole like generic Muslim, like she grew up knowing what the faith was about, but like never really practiced it. Um, but my dad was Muslim, and so I would always go to Sunday school. I was introduced to, like, all of the different customs, and um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was oppressed, but I was a lot different than the other kids who went there because I questioned a lot of things, mm -hmm. um, and they didn't really like that 
Um, there, you know, I feel like with just any kind of organized religion, you're not supposed to question very much and just believe. Um, or if you do have a question, it's not, it doesn't have like a definite answer, which always really bothered me, to be honest with you. So that's why I kind of was just like, mm, no, not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, I would get treated a little bit differently um, from some of the teachers in my Sunday school or from some of the kids, you know, like the Middle Eastern Muslim kids that I grew up around. Um, so, yeah. Is it important to you to be a little bit more free thinking and, you know, maybe to question certain, you know, traditional thinking? Absolutely. Okay. Um, absolutely. I do believe that's an important thing. And I mean, like, Again, I'm not knocking other people who, you know, are Muslim or Christian or whatever religion you go by. You know, if that works for you, then that's totally fine. I will love you just as much as I love an atheist. I will love you just as much as I love a Buddhist or Christian or Muslim or whatever. So, um, yeah. Do you find yourself spiritual at all or um, religious in any kind of way? Do you do you lean towards any of that or is uh, this kind of not on your mindset? I did for a while. Um, Growing up, I did always believe in God. I just like didn't define myself to a specific religion. And, you know, like I when I would go through hard times, I would like lay in bed and like pray at night um, and just like not pray like, uh, please, God, like give me A's on my test. But like more (laughs) like, um, you know, when I'm going through something rough, just kind of like talk to God and be like, why am I going through this? Like, why was I chosen to do this? and now I feel like um, I feel like I'm leaning towards more agnostic. Like I think that there's something there. I just don't necessarily think it cares about all of us as individuals. You know how a lot of like other faiths believe. Mm-hmm. Like I I really do believe that something created us because this world is so big and there's so many things that happen that just you know can't be a coincidence to me, but. I don't think um, I don't think that that being plays um, a very big part in our life, you know. Yeah, I could relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's uh, switch subject a little bit too. Yeah, let's, sorry, yeah. this is getting really intense. Yeah, I'm like, Whoa, man, <laughs> we're like ten minutes in. That's crazy. All right. Um, so music. Let's let's jump back on music. So. Music. Is there um, a performance or a concert that you can like draw back onto and kind of felt like that was just something that maybe you should pursue? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I always felt like it was something I should be doing just because like the feeling that I got when I would sing would be no other kind of feeling, especially when I would perform. Like I felt so at home on stage. Um, however, there was this one specific performance when I was like 15 and actually, so me and my guitarist, Justin, we've been best friends for like almost nine years now. Oh wow. Um, I did not know that. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. We've been best friends for a long time. That's actually how I met Lucas and Nathan, um, the other two members of the band. Um, but when I was like 15, me, him and two other guys, their name are, their names are Cameron and Tristan. We all performed, um, at that coffee shop cup of joy and clovis Mm -hmm. um and we performed like an acoustic set and i hadn't performed you know at that point in my life i hadn't performed you know with 
without um without like school what am I trying to say not in a school function okay um, yeah so like and a, so it was outside. my first it was like my first like outing if you will yeah um and it was so fun I was like oh my god I want to do this like I mean I love singing all kinds of music I really do but like being with a group of people um having like a band behind you is just so much more powerful in my opinion, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, when you get along with the members really well, when you have musical chemistry with them, it's just like, it's like a feeling I've just never felt before. And it's the most fun ever. Um, and so, you know, now playing with center path, we, well, we started like we started as like a side project because they had center path and, you know, me, Lucas, Nathan and Justin were like, oh, yeah, we should do like a side project. It would be really fun because like I know that, you know, back before I was their singer, they were a lot heavier. Yeah. Um, and so my voice is not the heaviest, as you can tell. Um, granted, I do like heavy music. It's just like, you know, I know my limits. And um we started off as a side project and then we were just like, you know what? We all play so well together. Why don't we just like be center path together? And I just, I felt, oh, I was so happy when they asked me to be in center path. It was like the best feeling ever. I've always wanted to do something like this. I've never had the opportunity to work with such, oh, excuse me, with such talented talented people crazy talented people um and not only are they talented but they're just so wonderful um just wonderful human beings um so we all we all um have great musical chemistry together and um yeah it's like the best feeling ever when we (laughs) practice together um what's some advice you can give for uh other local bands and you know other just musicians in general that are looking to try to, because I know you guys have some momentum with Center Path. I mean, they have you have a pretty good following. Um, you guys got a good, uh, you know, following on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Is there any advice you give for other musicians just starting out? Um, don't get stuck into a circle of only playing shows. Have content to back up what you're doing. I feel like that would be the most important thing because, actually. Um, Back when um, I think Jacob Wilson was in the band, I was their merch girl. Oh, and really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I would that. sit That's at their awesome. I would sit at their merch table, and I was their merch girl. And it was always really sad when people came up to the merch table and was like, "So, like, do you have like an album? Do you have like a CD that we can buy?" And I would just be like, "No, but I have these really great stickers or something." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely have content to back up and show what you're capable of. I would say. Um, And again, like I am just starting out being in a band. I feel personally like I am in no place to give like any kind of professional advice, but that's just my own take on it. No. Yeah, I got you. What's some stuff that you've learned that you didn't expect? Like, because since you are so new, is there anything that you kind of like you just picked up some pointers along the way? So um, believe it or not, classical style singing actually helps in all kinds of singing. Um, I've been taking lessons for about a year now, um, and singing classical music has pushed me to limits I did not know I could even reach. 
Um, and it's crazy. The technique that you learn, like, I honestly think that if you are a vocalist starting out, you should sing classical music before you sing anything else, just because like the technique that you learn and the discipline that you learn is so applicable to any kind of music that you sing at all. Also, when we first started out, um, they kind of had to try, or we had to try to like find our sound together because they were so used to only playing with male singers and like people who could oh, scream. Oh yeah, I could imagine the keys and everything is just a little bit different, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know, key changes, key differences, um, you know, when we started out. And there's, like, the reason why, too, it's been taking so long to record is because we will record something and we'll be like, this doesn't sound good that way. We should try it, like, two half steps up or, like, a half step down or, like, something more comfortable for me to sing in because we are, or they are so used to, you know, performing, singing, not singing, playing with um, a male vocalist. And I am very obviously not a male vocalist. Right. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of something that we've had to deal with and learn and progress with along the way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So music. Have you used music? At, I know a lot of people use it as an escape or maybe as a just kind of a healing thing. Have, what has music been for you? God, that's such a that's such a broad question. Um, music has been a lot for me. Music has been my career choice. Music has been my passion. Um, music has been hell. <laughs> um, yeah. There's there's just so much that goes into it, you know. Um, quite honestly, like sometimes I'll have a lot of doubt in myself as to, you know, what kind of musician I really am um, and whether or not I'm really good enough to be pursuing the things that I'm pursuing. And, you know, with going to school and being in this band and a lot of other things that I have to deal with in life, um, it gets overwhelming. And sometimes I need to take a step back and reevaluate, you know, like, why did I choose to do this? And one of the things that will really heal me when I'm feeling so down and when I'm feeling like I don't even want to fucking do this anymore is like I put on like one of my favorite songs and then I'm like, oh, OK, yes, this is why I'm doing this. You know, um, who are some artists that you uh, draw inspiration from? Ooh, well, <laughs> my very, very first rock band that I ever listened to was Paramore. Um, okay. Haley Williams is like a goddess to me. Like I will bow down and worship her. I love her so much. Um, Spencer Satello is also a very good vocalist. He's the vocalist of Periphery. Oh my God. Like the things that he's capable of. I, I don't even, I can't even imagine, um, being at his level as a musician. Um, what other bands? did I draw inspiration from? Growing up, I listened to a lot of like Three Days Grace, um, just a lot of like hard rock music. Um, I'm trying to think what else I was super into. Um, Tesseract is one of my favorite bands right now. There's more. Every time somebody asks me like, 
what musicians do you draw inspiration from? I never think about it. And then like, I'm sure as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to be driving home and I'm going to be like, fuck, like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. We'll, um, we'll be sure to put in the, the details in the blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just edit that in the description? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say those are some, those are some key vocalists bands that I really draw inspiration from. I also draw inspiration from a lot of like, classical music, um, a lot of choir music. Um, there's actually one specific composer that I really love. His name is Eric Whitaker. He is phenomenal. Like he, I feel like he really changed the game for choir music because a lot of it was just like, I don't know. A lot of it was like, you know, eight parts at the most. And then he turned everything into like this dissonant mess of beautifulness I don't know if you're I don't know like how open-minded you are with your music but if you ever have a chance you should totally listen to um what's a really good song by him that he composed I would say sleep or water night would be a really really good song to oh, listen I'm totally to down yeah I, my music yeah is broad. it might be like boring to you like anytime I show choir music to people they're like oh god <laughs> but like I don't know I just like it's so it's such a passion for me like mm. I love all kinds of music the only kind of music that I'm not super, super into, but I do appreciate is country just Mm -hmm. because like, I can't get over the twang, but like, but believe it or not, country is actually the healthiest, um, like country music normally is in like the healthiest register of your voice to be singing in. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, just because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of belting, excuse me. There's not (laughs) every time I do that, I'm like, Oh God. Don't break his shit. Um, <laughs> nah, it's fine. It's pretty industrial. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's not a lot of belting. Um, there's not a lot of straining your voice. Everything is like in the middle of your range. So it's like okay. a very, very um, comfortable range for you to be singing in country music, believe it or not, which is why I really appreciate it. I just like it's not something I like bump in my car, you know, <laughs> that's really interesting because like your whole perspective on music is completely different than just like an average person, you know, because you have that choir background. So you're saying like I draw, you know, you like country because of the singing aspects of it, you know, and some other people would be like, I just like it because I like I the like dance. It. I like yeah. the square dance with yeah. it you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. So that's interesting, though. Yeah. So you pick, uh, you know, certain genres that are like, you know what, I could sing in this. So this is awesome. So that's interesting. Yeah. So um, I know there's a there's a perspective with bands um, trying to, you know, make it or whatever. Is that something that's like you've seen with other local bands or is that something? Is there like a perspective where it's like we either make it or we don't make it or, you know, like a lot of bands have that like that mentality of, you know, I'm just trying to make it big and, you know, not necessarily in it for like the actual music aspect of it. So how would you what's your opinions on that? What's your thoughts on that? On making it big, um, yeah. Because I don't know, like, yeah. what even is making it big? Yeah. Like that's such a that's such like a perspective question. Like making it big is so different to every person. Mm-hmm. Making it big could be like getting famous and like touring all the time, and you know, like not having to rely on anything else except you know, playing shows and making music, but. I mean, making it big for me is like making some really good music with my friends and having a really good time and pursuing what I love. That's what making it big is for me. And I mean, of course, like 
if center path was to take off and like get super big, like I'm, it's not like I'm against it. Like I, I love that. I would love for that to happen, but I mean like you always gotta have a plan B just in case, you know? Um, it sounds like your intentions are genuinely like in it for just, you know, the music and kind of the, the, the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really in it for the experience to be honest with you. Um, I'm really in it for the experience, not to say that I don't take it seriously or anything like that. Of course I take it seriously. Of course I want it to take off. But I mean, like, I do have to recognize, too, that, like, if this is something that doesn't happen, you know, like, I have to have some kind of thing to rely on and fall back on. And that's why I'm continuing to go to school for what I'm doing, because not only does it make me a better musician, but I mean, like, worst case scenario you know, worst, worst case scenario, like if center path, you know, like just goes to a pile of poop. Like I made some really good music that I love with my best friends and I became a better musician because of it, you know? Yeah. I could, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's good. Genuine, you know, reasons to be in a band. I think that's kind of interesting. I've, I've been around for, you know, five years or so within the music industry. And I think it's interesting to see so many bands just come and go and they just stop and uh, I just maybe they just was weren't in it for the right reasons, you know. Right. I mean, like, what's the point if you don't love doing it? Really, yeah. what is the point if you don't love doing it? It's it's like essentially the same thing. It's like me going to work a nine to five job that I hate. You know, if you're not in it for your passion, what really is the point? Yeah, I can totally I totally relate. That's awesome. Um, so what's some advice for someone, a a female vocalist getting into (laughs) a band full of dudes or maybe the metal scene? Is there any kind of stigmatism with that? Oh, believe in yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Believe in yourself. I I mean, like, as far as I know, our music, you know, that turn the page has gotten a really good response. And I was so nervous, honestly. I was like, that's the first release. I was so nervous. I was, I mean, I thought it was good. The band thought it was good, but also I was just like, you know, like this is your first female vocalist. Like your music was so much heavier before me. Mm-hmm. And I was just really scared of everyone being like, ah, she's a girl. Fuck that. You know, Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know. And there would be times too, because again, this is like my first time I've ever come in to like record a song. This is the first time I've ever like shot a music video, been in a band, you know, have done all these things. I'm still learning. I really am. And, um, I would go in, you know, sometimes to practice with them or to record. And I would be like, you know, like, am I even good enough to do this? Like, should I even be doing this right now? Like, I feel like all I'm good for is just like, excuse me, sorry, singing classical music, (laughs) singing classical music and just, you know, singing pop music. But honestly, just believe in yourself and um, channel your inner badass. And don't let people tell you what you can and can't be because you know your own capabilities and you know what you're capable of and just believe in yourself. That sounds really gay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's totally that's badass. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, where do you go when you're feeling doubt? Where, when you're feeling anxiety, like what what gets you to your place of peace? Um, a lot of different things. Um, 
you know, obviously like listening to music, um, some of my favorite, you know, most inspiring artists that have powerful words, um, that helps me, um, being around, you know, like my genuine friends, honestly, like being around Lucas, Nathan and Justin, like anytime I have an anxiety or worries or any doubt in the world, like I can always count on them. Like I go to them and I just instantly feel better. I don't even have to tell them what's going on. Like I just like, I just instantly feel better because I know I have this family behind me. You know, it's really, really important to have a support system um, when you're going through something like that. Um, I couldn't imagine going through what I've gone through alone. Um, And anxiety is something that I really, really deal with on a major, on a, what, what is English? Um, (laughs) On a, on a daily basis. Um, You know, some days I'll wake up and I'm super confident and I'm ready to go and I'll be super productive and I'll do a bunch of shit. I'm like, yeah, great. You know, I'm great, whatever. And other days I'll wake up and I'll struggle to get out of bed and I'll struggle to even take a shower or brush my teeth. Um, And it's like the biggest deal in the world. And I'll, you know, mope around the house and, not do anything. And um, the biggest piece of advice I can give to somebody who deals with a lot of anxiety is just to channel that into something productive. There was actually a point in time where I was really, really bad. um, And I had bought myself an adult coloring book. <laughs> I had I, bought seriously, myself. Seriously, I'm, I'm super guilty of this too. I have two of them and I got through like a couple pages and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, why yeah, am I, I did it. I did it like three or four times and I was like, mm, Maybe it was a I fad. should do something else. Know. Maybe it was a fad. I don't know. But you know, when I would be really anxious and I felt like I just like couldn't do anything, I couldn't even bring myself to just like go to my piano and play some chords. I would just be like, you know what? I'm going to bring out this adult coloring book and get out some colored pencils and try to make something pretty because in my mind that's like doing something productive regardless of whether or not you know like other people think that's productive and there's something really um important actually that you said today that I really really appreciated it was on your um Instagram and Facebook about how like people compare themselves to other people way too much oh man it's so bad nowadays yeah yeah Yeah. and so you know your capabilities as a person you shouldn't, you shouldn't be comparing your capabilities to somebody else's capabilities. You know, you don't know what that other person has gone through and they don't know what you've gone through. And, you know, if all you can do that day is get up and color in an adult coloring book, then at least you did one productive thing that day. You know, sometimes, sometimes the biggest step is just doing something very, very small that people are just like, what? Like, I don't know. Sometimes like the biggest step for me is like getting out of bed or like taking a shower or like putting pants on. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that's really smart. Setting small goals that are attainable instead of, and then, you know, in the bigger picture, you are reaching towards the bigger goal of, you know, maybe I wanted to try something different today, but you yeah. know, today I colored in a book and that's fine with me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something to occupy your mind too. When you're, when you're going through that, you know, just sitting and dwelling in it is not going to help anything. Um, although I'm guilty of doing it and I'm sure many other people are guilty of doing it. And sometimes you just, sometimes you need to go through it. Sometimes you need to feel like shit 
Honestly, I'm a firm believer in that. Like sometimes you just need to break down and cry and go through it. And then, you know, when you're done feeling the way that you're feeling, be like, okay. And like, take a deep breath and be like, okay, I'm back to reality now. Like I've, you know, I've processed what I'm going through and now I can channel it into something productive and channel it into something positive. Yeah. Sometimes you need to go through the lows to enjoy the highs. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's some, what's one thing someone should listen to before they go to bed tonight? What's one thing someone should listen to? And either an artist or... Center path, turn the page. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> plug, 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 shameless plug. Uh, right. <laughs> no. Um, hmm. I already mentioned this. You should listen to Sleep by Eric Whitaker because it will make you sleepy and it's beautiful and it's in like 12 parts. <laughs> and, it's in, and it's in acapella choir piece and it's beautiful. Awesome. Or you can listen to some death metal, you know, whatever you're into. <laughs> <laughs> no, no judgment. Right? <laughs> That's what helps you sleep at night. <laughs> All right. Um, any, any last words for, uh, you know, the audience, anything you want to let them, any advice you want to give to the art of Mayo audience? <laughs> the art of Mayo audience. Um, Hmm. Can I think about it for a Absolutely. second? Absolutely. Yeah. We could this, tell, this could be a total like, <laughs> Here's a little intermission. Uh, we will uh, be com- right back we'll with uh, right party's back. thoughts on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right uh, back with you with a uh, you know a letter from our sponsor. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. Final words. Hmm. What, final. What? Final words. Final words. Um. You are your biggest something. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You are your biggest critic. No, please don't put this in there. Edit this out. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how to uh, edit, so this is all going <laughs> to I don't know how to edit, so you're fucked, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, I don't want to put too much pressure on it. Or no, anything, it's, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. Believe in yourself. Believe in what you're capable of. Don't compare yourself to other people. Um, because that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, know your limits, know what you're capable of. Um, believe in yourself. I've already said this like five times. Um, and know that you can excel in whatever you decide to pursue as long as you put in the work. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. That's amazing. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> all the links to all her work will be in the description below for Center Path or anything, parties. They'll be in the links to, in the description. So definitely uh, follow them. They have new music coming out soon, I assume, correct? Yes. CD, yes. By the end of the year. Awesome. So you heard it here first. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.